Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and we are going to be talking about what was on everyone's lips this weekend. That's right, Dua Lipa. No, sorry, it's the DJ LeMahieu contract talks and the new ask that has blown uh, every other contract talk out of proportion. But first, we're going to be talking about a, a trade target that has emerged this weekend that we've been talking about for a long time, and much like the Yadier Molina chase, we might have manifested it into reality, or maybe we're just ahead of the curve and we're good like that. But still, uh, the Reds have finally come calling. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts, you will find us there. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question. You can also hit us up on Twitter at the official Yanks Go Yard FS handle and give us your questions there if you'd rather, but we really do welcome those five-star reviews. Thomas, what's up? What's happening? Epic sports weekend, uh, fantasy football playoffs. We saw it all, uh, and through it all, the DJ LeMahieu chase changed, and the Yankees and Reds uh, might be on a collision course for a trade that I think we mentioned for the first time this past summer. We did, uh, but first, I'd like, if we could put five minutes aside to talk about Dua Lipa, that would be great. Yeah, we um, can. We have. If you haven't, if you haven't listened to her new album, which it came out right when quarantine happened, uh, "Levitating" is the best song by far, and they decided to ruin it on the radio by throwing "Da Baby" in there, who is just contaminating every mainstream radio hit that there is. But anyway, listen to "Levitating" by itself with just Dua Lipa. That's my PSA for today. Um, well, the DaBaby verse, I will say, is one of those verses where you listen to it. You're like, oh, Dua Lipa and DaBaby. And it, the song's levitating. I wonder what he's going to talk about. And it's one of those verses where it's just like, rise. I rose, I rose from the bottom. Now I'm grinding. And you're like, that could have gone on any song anyone has ever written. <laughs> That's <And> actually <laughs> Drake's every song. So Yeah, thanks. it has nothing to do with Dua Lipa. <laughs> it's a rap from a different. It's just like he wrote a rap and they were like, well, put it in this. Just throw it in this. Yeah, just um, put, put it in there. Also, Dua Lipa's episode of Song Exploder uh, and the song Love Again on Netflix, heavily recommend. And Dua Lipa's tour de force performance this weekend on SNL as Marjorie in, in uh, probably the sketch of the year. So that's it. We're done. Dua talk is over. But yeah, t- take it from there, Thomas. Yeah, I got to see that. But anyway, Dua's latest album's a banger. Helps you get through these tough times. But we'll, what will help Yankees fans get through these tough times? We're talking potentially a Luis Castillo trade with the Reds. 
we are uh, the Yankees are not, but we're going to talk about it because and now the Yankees might be. We don't. They know. might be. We hope they are because reports leaked uh, this past it was the weekend or late last week, whatever. Oh, it was like yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Uh, yeah. Reds are talking about uh, talking trades, uh, trade packages for Luis Castillo with whomever. We don't know who it is. They're willing to discuss him, which is great news because earlier in the off season, we heard buzz that they were going to talk about one of their starting pitchers and we were like oh shit is it Luis Castillo that'd be sick and then it was Sonny Gray and we immediately did not care uh but if you look at the Reds and their current construction they're losing Bauer which is going to be really not great for them in terms of their ability to contend uh they are in a weak central division however they're not very they're not very good even with this current construction I know they signed they signed Nick Castellanos last offseason um didn't they add one other guy uh, oh, they like Mustakis, yeah, they signed Mustakis too. Um, I thought that was a great plan for the shortened season to make a splash in sixty games and maybe advance in the playoffs. And honestly, they had the chance to do it, and they couldn't score runs against the Braves. But that could have really imagined what happens if the Reds, you know, put up two runs in both of those games. Completely different story. Uh, we could be talking about a Reds Dodgers NLCS, which would have been pretty cool. Um, but now Castillo is easily their most valuable trade chip. He's under club control through 2023, all arbitration eligible years. He's projected to make somewhere close to $6 million in 2021, which is a downright bargain. And on our pitcher list from a couple months ago, three pitchers that you know we thought the Yankees should overpay for in trades, Castillo was one of them. Why? Young, 28 years old, he's tremendous he's I think he's better than Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray I know he doesn't have as long as a track record only 90 starts at the MLB level but 3.62 ERA which is largely inflated from um half of his 2018 in which the Reds were I think the worst team in baseball they had 67 wins uh and he was a 25 year old as the top starter um 1.17 whip strikes out a ton of guys too uh this past year 89 punch outs and 70 innings year before Career year, uh, 226 strikeouts in 190 and two-thirds innings across 32 starts, 3.40 ERA. This is the insurance that you can get behind Garrett Cole for the foreseeable future. He's a bonafide number two. Then you have a much less to worry about in the rest of the rotation. However, this is not going to be cheap. But this is where you take your prospects, you take your assets, and with there being no real options in free agency right now. And if you really look ahead to the next off season or two, there's really not that many. I know Max Scherzer becomes a free agent next off season, but that would be more so for a mid back end rotation insurance. And it would be top of the rotation insurance at that point. Um, you need a guy who's just like Castillo young throws hard. I know he only has three pitches, but guess what? His changeup is pretty much four pitches because nobody can hit it. Uh, guy throws gas, the uh, average 98 miles an hour on his fastball this past season. So um, what do you think this is going to cost? Yeah, I mean, the Reds were already planning to trade everyone who wasn't nailed down this year. You could pretty much count on the Reds being open to a conversation about anybody, which is a shame because they did do it right last year. I think signing Castellanos, it, it, you know, extending Eugenio Suarez, signing Moustakas, these are all good offensive boosting moves along with Bauer Gray, Castillo doesn't get better than that. And then, of course, they hit the postseason don't score a single run, which is insane. And then they're out. Now they're, they're in complete teardown mode. But you knew they'd be willing to trade everybody who wasn't bolted to the floor, and now they're willing to trade the people who do have floor bolts. Like Luis Castillo is a guy 
who is under team control for the next three years and theoretically should be the only building block. Um, and even him, you know, is super available. People are talking about uh, the Reds are going to need to be blown away for this to actually be completed. The Reds are reportedly requesting that they attach a position player to this deal in order to facilitate it. Castellanos, Moustakas are the names you're hearing most often. Eugenio Suarez uh, is sort of my preferred addition. If we're, He's a 40-homer bat, and he would be pretty essential at Yankee Stadium. Uh, potential first base, you know, third base to first base movement in the vein of Yonder Alonso. It's this big-bodied third baseman who I'd rather have Urshela Manning third instead. Obviously, the Luke Voigt problem is very real, but if they're attaching a hitter of Suarez's caliber who is locked down on a 9.4 million annual deal through 2024 with a team option for 2025. I don't know at what point Suarez signed that deal, but it's one of the crazier arbitration buying extensions I've, I've ever seen anybody sign. If he's available and Castillo is available, that's like the only trade on earth you put Luke Voigt into. Maybe uh, Castillo alone you can't sugarcoat it. I mean, he's an ace. You are acquiring an ace. There's a reason why we've been on the Castillo train and, and I've been sort of on this train since like midway through 2017 or at least 2018 because before the Reds were good, Castillo was one of very few options on the table who were sort of elite overperforming projection arms on legitimately bad teams that those teams should probably consider trading. The Padres had a few of them. Denelson Lamette is kind of, you know, another guy in that vein who now is the Padres number two starter and without Mike Clevenger, you know, could ascend even higher than that. And he's sort of also untouchable. Castillo got untouchable when the Reds decided that they were going to contend. As soon as they did that, the window for, for training room was theoretically over. Now it's back in full force, but Castillo is an ace type pitcher Best changeup in baseball, better than Jacob DeGrom's, more mysterious pitch. DeGrom's, I've missed me with, it's a 91-mile-an-hour changeup. It's weird. If he throws it flat and if he ever misses, it's basically like a hanging fastball. Um, I think Castillo's changeup is a masterwork. Uh, he is certifiably growing into his own. I saw actually a weird tweet that was like, he's, gotta, he's the kind of guy who if the Astros get their hands on him, they could cut his KBB ratio and turn him into one of the top five pitchers in the AL he walks like three guys per nine innings. They don't need to do any work on him. He's all, if he joins the American League, he will be one of the top five pitchers in the American League. It's not going to take a makeover. Um, to get someone like Castillo, uh, in all the hypothetical trades we talked about where it's just Castillo for Yankees, we put J Jason Dominguez in those trades just because I think, it, at least in terms of a trade proposal that you put on the internet, you're going to get laughed out of the room if you're not willing to sacrifice someone like Dominguez. The Yankees' other top prospects all come with question marks. Clark Schmidt, we love might be a three starter as his defined ceiling, which is great for the future of the Yankees. Three starters make all-star teams, but in terms of training for Luis Castillo, that's not a match. You'd have to surrender both Davy Garcia and Schmidt. You wonder if the ceiling is high enough there. Um, and then maybe even Austin Wells and then Oswaldo Peraza. Like at a certain point you're throwing like four of your top prospects into a trade. So you might as well include Dominguez in these hypotheticals just because Castillo is one of, there aren't pitchers available like Castillo and it almost never happens, especially after that person's already hit their ceiling. Like Castillo was underdeveloped and the Reds hadn't ascended yet. And we were like, go get him now, get him now because in a half year, you won't be able to get him. The Reds ascended and are now coming back down. And it's only been a year and a half. Castillo is still just as young. And if they're entertaining it and are willing to be blown away, then you kind of have to blow them away.
you have no choice. And I'm not saying that this is something we have to do, but if this is something they're considering, if you have to part with Dominguez, then you just do it. I know that it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow because of his projections. And, you know, we're, we watch videos of him probably every week at this point and they continue to blow us away. But you look at the Yankees next four or five years, Hicks is in the outfield for the foreseeable future, unless they find a, uh, a trade partner for him. Clint Frazier has pretty much established himself out there. And if you view Aaron Judge as the future face of the Yankees or the current face of the Yankees, whatever you do, and he's done his third arbitration uh, years after this season, then he's probably going to be signed to a contract extension. And then you have Giancarlo Stanton for the next seven years. So, I mean, yeah, there is a way to shove Dominguez in there, assuming his rise to Major League Baseball is, you know, considerable uh, once he hits what we we think that he'll probably land with Hudson Valley at some point in 2021. Uh, if there's a minor league season, who knows? But if you have him and it gives you leverage to do something like this, then it's probably a deal you have to make because it lines up perfectly with the Yankees championship window right now, which is probably the next two, three years. And you could sign Castillo to an extension, buy out his arbitration years and tack him on for two more, take all of his prime seasons. And then you have Garrett Cole and Castillo atop your rotation for the next five years. That's, that's all you need. That's what the Yankees have been lacking for however long now. And this would really turn the tides and define this chapter of Yankees baseball. We're not saying they have to do it. We're not going to no. lecture the Yankees no. and, and tell them what they have to do, but there's nobody else like Castillo coming down the line. Uh, I, I don't foresee that. I can't think of who that person would be if it were the case. Garrett Cole was the white whale for so long because he was the only ace-type pitcher that was going to be available on the free agent market for a long time. Castillo is Cole light. He, he could, he's probably not going to develop into you know, Cole's durability and just beastliness and leadership. And there are so many different things about Garrett Cole, why you'd want him leading your rotation forever. But in order to get a number two, Luis Severino is going to have to jump a level to become yeah. the number two you want on a championship roster with any form of consistency. And maybe he does now that he's supposedly going to be fully healthy the next time we see him. Lord knows he was not healthy in 2019 after signing his extension. Um, he, he came back after months of being on the shelf with weird shoulder issues. In the second half, of I've wagered for a long time, and who knows if I'll ever be proven right or wrong, that Severino hasn't been right since midway through 2018. His breaking ball got flat. His fastball lost some of its trademark zip. He was getting beaten up pretty badly by some pretty bad teams in the second half of 2018. Uh, a specific start at Yankee Stadium against the Mets comes to mind when he sort of needed to quell my concerns and didn't and instead gave up like five home runs to Mets' Jose Batista and just an objectionable Mets team. Like They were just ripping him all night. Um, for most of the second half of 2018, Severino did not look right. Had like one good start against the Red Sox at the end of the year that changed everybody's mind back. But I think he was hurt then. His shoulder barked in 2019, and when he came back, the, the reins were very much on. Supposedly, his elbow was hurting during the playoffs. His playoff starts were like two winnings long. And then after the season, of course, Tommy John surgery when he tried to come back in 2020. So he missed two full years of development he should have had. Hopefully, he attains that number two status when he returns, but it's no sure thing. Castillo is already there, and he's a two bordering on a one. So if it's within reach, I don't know what kind of opportunity you're going to have to do something like this ever again. Okay, we are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk Dua Lipa. No, we're not. Uh, we are going to discuss DJ LeMayhew's 
reported demands, which were probably almost definitely leaked by the Yankees side of things, and the new suitor that's emerged that's not new and is the suitor we've been scared of all along that are now the biggest threat to the Yankees in bringing LeMahieu back. Stick around. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So DJ LeMayhew, we've heard for uh, about a week now, it's now the intrinsic knowledge uh, that we've sort of got embedded in our bones, that the Yankees and LeMayhew are over $25 million apart in their sort of initial parameters for a deal. The Yankees have declared he is their top priority over and over again. LeMayhew clearly wants to come back too. He's Instagramming photos of him using Aaron Judge's bat, and he never uses Instagram, so it's like the one thing he's posted in the last seven or eight months. Weird. But there's a lot of money in between. So this weekend, for the first time, new parameters emerged. We've all been sort of operating under the assumption that LeMayhew is asking for five years, $100 million. The Yankees will not do the fifth year and have been pretty adamant on, you know, four years, 70 or four years, 75. For the first time this weekend through Bob Clappish, we heard that LeMayhew's ask, at least at some point, was five years, $125 million, which is now $25 million annually. Mookie Betts makes $30 million annually. So shorter term, but similar AAV to the, you know, top guy in the game of baseball, Trout-ish level of performer. Uh, that's a huge ask. That's a different thing. That's a departure from what we've already talked about. But that almost definitely came from the Yankee side to make LeMahieu look somewhat bad, right? I feel like it has to have. Um, I think DJ is not that – I don't think his agent is that crazy. It's not like he's rep by Scott Boris. So, And I think he's very well – they should understand the situation here. I know baseball teams are being cheap, but, you know – going that high and hamstringing the team elsewhere when DJ I'm sure is very aware that the Yankees have other needs and other areas to address 25 million a year is pretty crazy, especially over the course of five years. I know he wants that fifth year, but in actuality that fifth year is going to be an option or a team option or a vesting option, whatever you want to call it. And it'll have a partial buyout, but five for 25 makes me think it is a Yankees leak to kind of, bring the bring the price tag down in some way or at least to just show i guess the the people that they're not being unreasonable by technically lowballing him with a four-year 70 million dollar offer or whatever whatever it may have been um and if that is a leak from dj's camp if that is indeed what he's looking for i think it's advantageous because i don't think any other team is going to pay that uh if that's the way it's going to be, then I don't know uh, any other team aside from the Dodgers who would pay $25 million a year for DJ LeMahieu. Uh, you would think the Red Sox of old might have, but now they're, they can't even afford the best player in baseball for $5 million more dollars. Um, I hope it's, I mean, I don't, I hope it's, I, I don't know. I, I just wish this never came out because now I'm confused. And now I'm thinking that the Yankees are just being a bunch of jerks or LeMahieu is, overshooting his value by millions of dollars. And I don't really want to think about either of those things. I kind of just want there to be a middle ground, but I guess we can't have that in any aspect of life. So 
here we are. And now we're going to have to figure out what it's going to take to keep him or if this report is true or if it's nonsense. But I think this is helpful in two ways because A, it is going to, I guess, maybe bring the talks a little bit more to the middle or B, no one else is going to sign him at that price because that's, that's out of the question in my opinion. You ask for what you want to ask for. So yeah. if, he, if he really did ask for that, I, I don't fault him for making the query. Yeah. And I don't know how early in the conversation that was. But yeah, I, I really don't know what Major League Baseball team is, is willing to dole out that sum for LeMahieu. The Yankees seem unwilling to budge on the fifth year so far. LeMahieu, apparently, according to what we've heard, is unwilling to budge on these financial demands. Although this does remind me of when we were waiting for Major League Baseball and the Players Association to come forward with a deal on the season, and they kept pitching numbers back and forth where there was just an obvious middle ground to all of them, and they kept increasing and decreasing in opposite directions with just a number screaming at you in the middle (laughs) where MLB was like, you know, 40 games, and the players were like, 120 games. MLB was like, 60 games, and the players were like, 100 games. And it's like, there's just a number in the middle. Like, just settle on the number in the middle. It's fine. Um, you know, if the Yankees are 475 and DJ's 5125, then get DJ down to 100 and get the Yanks up to five. Maybe turn that last year into an option like we've been saying forever, and that should theoretically get it done. It is less worrisome if that's the figure. I don't think the Blue Jays, for example, are going to outbid the Yankees by $55 million. And if the Blue Jays are the team that is hottest on in pursuit of LeMahieu, I don't think the Yankees are willing to let him walk in the division. Like that's the only way that letting him walk really does get embarrassing. And so Jeff Passan uh, on Monday admitted that the Blue Jays are the current uh, biggest threat to the Yankees in bringing LeMahieu home. Uh, The quote, in fact, and and it's about all the top free agents. And and like we've been saying how the Blue Jays are in on literally everyone. Uh, George Springer is now no longer a certainty to the Mets. Maybe the Mets and Blue Jays are, are both bidding on Springer. Uh, here's what Passon said. The Blue Jays sources said have emerged as significant players in the LeMahieu sweepstakes, perhaps the biggest threat to him re-signing with the New York Yankees, with whom a significant gap remains. The Mets also have expressed interest in LeMahieu. Um, so the Mets' interest, I mean, that, that's a nice nugget. Of course they have. We know that. Um, but if the Blue Jays really are the biggest threat, this is starting to clarify a little bit. The Yankees can't lose LeMahieu for what I assume is probably going to be more like $25 million to the team that is literally nipping at their heels from behind. The Blue Jays are the biggest threat to the Yankees winning the AL East, at least as soon as the Rays trade Blake Snell and Tyler Glass now. The Blue Jays are set up to be a, a sort of dynastic competitor for the next five or six years with all their young talent. A LeMahieu signing would probably take them out of the Lindor chase where they are also favored. It would just be very confusing to fit all those pieces together. They would have to trade Austin Martin probably to get Lindor at that point to clear another body out of their system. I don't see them getting LeMahieu and Lindor, but if they're the biggest threat and the LeMahieu price is this high, that's a problem. If they're the biggest threat and the LeMahieu price is more like $25 million different than what the Yankees want, then the Yankees should have no issue matching that to keep them away from Toronto. That's that on that. Yeah, I just think that if we're talking, we, we keep talking about LeMahieu's gap with the Yankees, but what's LeMahieu's gap with every other team? I think it's, it should be, we should know if there's a potential gap between him and the Blue Jays or if they've even talked. I don't like just referencing the fact that LeMahieu and the Yankees have a gap. Of course they have a gap. They are only the two sides that have negotiated with one another to our knowledge at this point because we're not insiders yet. 
We will be. I will be. I promise you we will be. <laughs> we will. Um, but I don't know. This doesn't worry me. And the reason why it doesn't worry me is because we don't know what the Blue Jays would be willing to pay. And guess what? Is it really that embarrassing if we let DJ go to Toronto for five years, $125 million? I don't want DJ to leave. I want him back. And I, if I was the owner, I would pretty much – if it came down to it, I'd probably pay the five for $125 just to – just to shove it in everybody else's face. It's like, cool, you made me you made me bid a little bit more. I think this is more harmful to the Blue Jays to take on that kind of money to their payroll. The Blue Jays are a very talented and up-and-coming and dangerous team, but guess what? They have a lot of other things to figure out. They have to figure out their starting rotation. With They have Hinjin Ryu, and that's pretty much it. Robbie Ray is not great. Uh, who was the other? Oh, they have, uh, what's his name? Um, Nate Pearson. Yeah. Nate Pearson's Nate Pearson looks good, but I mean, that's not a for sure thing. So they have one very good starter right now and the rest of the rotation is undefined and their bullpen's not great. And in order to win baseball games, we know offense is very much an important factor. Teams are that they, that's pretty much the reason the Rays lost the world series because their offense was really bad. They had relied on defense and pitching and shifts and all that stuff to, to get them to where they were. And also just, the, the mental edge they have over the Yankees um, for being who they are and how they've been able to compete with us. But I don't think it would be embarrassing if the Yankees didn't give five DJ five for one twenty five and instead let the blue Jays pay that. But also we don't know what the blue Jays are willing to pay. We keep hearing that they're a threat in the talks or in the sweepstakes or whatever it is. And there's no, there's no reference point. There's no financial reference point. And until I see that, he was offered X amount from the Blue Jays and the Yankees have to respond or here's where the Yankees, the Yankees uh, offers and Blue Jays offers, you know, uh, here's how they stack up. I'm not really going to care. I know the Blue Jays are a threat to sign LeMahieu. They've been, that's been a rumor since, you know, kind of before the, uh, the season ended when the Yankees and LeMahieu didn't come to terms on an extension. But until I see more information from the Blue Jays side, at least on the financial side of things, I, I, I really don't care. And if it does come down to him leaving there for that much money, that's going to financially hamstring them. And that's going to be a problem with them from, uh, in terms of building. So have all the offense you want, but you're also going to get cranked by the teams in your division if you don't have the proper pitching. And we've seen how that goes. So uh, my worry level, probably at a three right now. Um, I don't, I, I don't like that there's constant rumors. I don't like how there's no resolution, but we preach that we have to be patient this off season. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the market's going to be. So sit back and chill. Don't worry about the blue Jays, please. If I mean, if the blue Jays are going to spend five years, 125 million on LeMayhew and seven years, 250 million on Francisco Lindor and uh, six years, 22 million AAV or whatever on George Springer, then I guess the pandemic just didn't happen in Canada <laughs> or Rogers television, like cleaned, you know, I mean, that actually does make sense. They made a COVID <laughs> network and they're just raking money. Yeah. And people haven't left their homes in like nine months. They're just <laughs> doing 24 hours of watching Rogers, like paying for whatever upgrades they have to. I, I don't know what's going on there. And obviously the pandemic was slightly less bad in Canada, to be quite honest. Um, but, it, it, you know, if they're willing to make all those financial sacrifices, that's like the biggest off-season or two off-seasons that any team has ever had. If that comes after the pandemic has changed everything, then that's insane to me. Um, I, I don't think it's embarrassing, per se, if the Yankees weren't going to extend themselves by $55 million and hit this $25 million AAV threshold. 
But if, for example, LeMahieu's camp came back to the Yankees and said the Blue Jays will do five years, 90, and the Yankees weren't willing to go a fifth year, yeah, that's that, a would be, that would be terrible exactly, and embarrassing to look at. Um, but, yeah, the Blue Jays still don't have pitching. The Red Sox still do have offense. The Orioles are coming. Like, the Blue Jays are very set up, but they're not done. And if they build their team simply by revenge signing D.J. LeMahieu for a ton of money – and then also George Springer, and then also Francisco Lindor, and then where does Bobachek go, and what happens to Kevin Biggio, and do you trade Lords Goriel? Like, it's very hard to build an all-star team, and there's a lot there, and there is just the not-that-sturdy uh, Hunjin Ryu at the top of the rotation right now. So a lot of questions remain, a lot of questions remain for the Blue Jays. To be quite honest, uh, it ain't over yet. Folks, that is it for this episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib, alongside Thomas Carinante. Until next time, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question. Um, and please let us know where you think DJ LeMahieu's going. If you're worried about Toronto, if you're more worried than we are, we would love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Please also head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got plenty of stuff going up there during Christmas week. We have a, we have the uh, Yankees, uh, potential Yankees Reds trade package for Castillo up there today. We'd love to hear what you think about that. Call us out on Twitter. We've had a lot of that over the last few weeks. We, we will welcome more. Um, and also the official Yanks Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We're here for all the holiday cheer. It's Christmas week, baby. Come on, spread the cheer, spread the love. We're here for all of it. Until then, Wednesday's the next time we'll be talking to you. Yeah, we are not taking Christmas off. We will see you. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a food. very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.